Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of the world's greatest podcast, the Legionnaire Podcast. I am one half of the co- or hosting duo, Callahan, and I am joined by my brother. Hello, hello. How you doing? I'm tired. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm tired every time I record, but I'm tired and I'm sore. Yeah, same. It's a long weekend. Yeah, it was, which is nice. Yeah. We were at a wedding, for those of you who don't know. It was our wedding. We got married to each other. (laughs) No, we didn't. That's weird. Maybe for you, man. Yeah. Maybe Um, for me. I guess incest is normal. Okay. Maybe if you live in Alabama. I'm just kidding. Sorry, people from Alabama. It's just a classic rip on your state. Oopsies. Um, but yeah, he, Will was calling me and emailing me and texting me, and I was dead asleep. <laughs> yeah, I want to play. I wanted to play uh, Valorant tonight with my friends. Well, it's not like you still can't. No, 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 no. It's not like I can't, but I was... Like, oh, we got to record soon because I've been grinding Valorant with my friends lately. I was like, what were you doing at four? You said you were playing games at four. Yeah, we did play games at four, and I want to play again. Jeepers. What? That's a lot of gaming. Not really, honestly. That's a lot of gaming, young man. How do you do all that? Mm. If Um, If only pianos were like keyboards. Yeah, then you could be really good at like, pianos makes no sense to me. They're so difficult. I'd love to play the piano though. Yeah. That's like the one instrument I'd like to learn how to play. Same. I feel like guitar is overrated. All losers pick up guitar when they have like a like a some point in your life crisis. Yeah. I I have no interest in really learning how to play guitar. I'd rather learn how to play piano. Yeah. Like the dudes in college, you like you pull up on your first day freshman year, and they're playing acoustic guitar in like the lounge or something. You know exactly what they're doing. They're trying, they're trying to like to wheel get... girls. They're trying to wheel girls, and you're like, dude, you're a dick. So trying stop, to get bitches. Yeah, that's what they're there for. They're like, are we, we should, yeah. are we gonna have to put like explicit like title on this these episodes? No, because you can say that in like a movie, like a movie. It's yeah, it's like I I just base it off of. PG-13 movies. PG-13 movies, you can say shit as much as you want. You can only say the F word once. I think you can say bitches as well. Cool. You just want to say the F word. Yeah. Well, we could drop one. We really got to mean it if we're going to drop it. We're going to have to both agree on when it's used. Or we can just listen. And if someone says it, then then I guess we can't say it if one of us says it. What the fuck? Yeah. Friendly. I mean, I was just gonna Spider-Man. say, right, I was just gonna say it right there, just so then. 
nah. It's like, ah, we're done. No, but I, I don't feel the need to say it. I'm not just going to start swearing left and right. Yeah. But that's just what I base it off of. I don't know why I know the PG-13 movie rules, but I do. Well, I'm glad you do. Because we're a PG-13 podcast. We are. Sorry for all you 12-year-olds. Yeah. Sorry. Same problem. Not Sorry, mine. kids. Oopsies. But speaking of PG-13, uh, today's installment... Actually, we kind of like lied to everybody. We said we were going to f- record yesterday and put put an episode out for the last week. We didn't. Yeah. Sorry about that. I know. Everybody was in our DMs and emailing us and just they, they wouldn't leave us alone. People are outside my window knocking on it saying, where's the most recent episode? Sorry. Life got in the way. We were at a wedding and then we got lazy and didn't record. That's basically kind of what it came down to. I got home at like 5.30 last night and I was tired and sore and I wanted to shower and I wanted to lay around. Yeah. I wanted to watch a movie. Yeah. Very specific movie. Yeah, I didn't. We were supposed to talk about this a week ago, but I didn't watch the movie, so we had to talk about something else. Yeah, I was prepared. <laughs> I was too. No, I know. I liked what we did for this week. one. <laughs> I was prepared for this one now because I actually watched the movie. I've already seen this movie before, but oh god, you're so cool for that. We, you and I, saw this movie together with Dad. Yeah, no, it's an awesome and our movie. neighbor. Did Jacob come with us? Pretty sure he did. Really? Yeah, because dad bought us candy before we went in. God, dad's we, so cool. We bought it at like the gas station at Quick Trip. Oh, you're right. Because dad, before we even, you guys, well, they probably see it in the title already. So we're talking about X-Men Days of Future Past. And we've been waiting to like talk, I like, because a lot of times like, I guess like the more popular movies to do like podcasts on right now are like the MCU movies, but our like first introduction to super, I don't like most people's first introduction to superhero movies weren't like Iron Man and stuff like that. It was actually like the X, the original X-Men movies. Yeah. Like the original X-Men. And we, I swear to God, we saw X-Men the last stand so many times cause it was always on TV and we just watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw X two of, number of times after over the years because I, I think of all those excuse me um original x-men movies i liked x2 the best but um yeah it's not really x-men x2 is a lot better than the other ones oh yeah um from a story standpoint yeah i mean like it's got this kind of corny 2000 mid 2000 cgi <laughs> that's like yeah quite spotty and doesn't really hold up that well but yeah i, I mean, think this is, i think this days of future past is the only x-men movie that outside of logan this is the only x-men movie dad saw in theaters i don't really count logan as an x-men movie though no i don't either logan's like it's not like the joker the batman movie so what do you it's not like the joker the batman movie? no it's it's not like joker is a batman movie so i mean yeah okay yeah that makes sense yeah, no, we uh, yeah, Logan's Logan's a different story, but we really like. Yeah, Logan's its own movie. This movie, though, this movie is 
This is very connected to everything. And we've won. It's great. Yeah. It's my favorite X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people like first class a lot. I like first class too, but I like this one because it like interweaves like the old cast and the new cast. And it's kind of cool because you see like the continuity in the universe because like up until like this movie, there wasn't like any continuity in the X-Men movies. No, not really. Actually, it was all confusing. People were like, wait, is first class like a part of the universe? Are they rebooting the universe? What's going on here? And there's been a rebellion. Yeah, there's been a rebellion. Situations under control. Um, sorry, we were just quoting Revenge of the Sith there. I'm not, now I lost my train of thought. But um, yeah. So what's cool about um this movie is because like people had like questions about where the old cast and the new cast fell into the timeline, but then the Wolverine came out in between First Class and this movie, and the Wolverine actually like brought back. Um, Ian McKellen and uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. And like in the post credit scene, they like freeze everybody. Logan's in the airport and they're like, we need you to stop something like a, there's a war going on. And then yeah, the movie even, though, <laughs> even though the Wolverine takes place after X-Men three and Professor X died, somehow he's still alive. Yeah, it's, it's not really explained all that well. Charles came back to life, and we're not asked. I love how they didn't even talk about that, actually. Everyone's pissed that Palpatine came back to life. But literally, Charles Xavier had no explanation for coming back to life. Yeah, but it's Charles Xavier. It only passes because this is a good movie. Oh, yeah, no. If this movie sucked, like Episode Nine or, or Rise of Skywalker sucked. We'd be having a different conversation. Yeah. But, so yeah, like, this movie starts out with, like, it's, like, the future, and they're, like, they're talking about the future. It's, like, a holocaust on, or like, a, the genocide of mutants, and it's crazy. Um, And I really like the villains of, I guess, like, the overall, like, I guess the faceless villains of the movie. Like, in every movie, there's, like, a faceless villain. Like, in Star Wars, it's, like, the Stormtroopers. Like, the original Star Wars, the Stormtroopers are always coming after you. And in this movie, it's the Sentinels that are, like, designed to, like, hunt down and kill all mutants. And I really like Sentinels because they are truly a terrifying villain because they're, like, an actually an unstoppable force. Like, in the future, like, the Sentinels are murdering all of the mutants and they can't stop them. And it like, they've re- the mutants have resorted to sending somebody back in time to stop the future from happening, which actually it doesn't really work like that according to the MCU, but whatever it's whatever. Yeah. I like that. I like the X-Men's time travel more than the MCU's. I do too. It's kind of cool. Cause like, there's like weight behind it. I, I, yeah, actually I will get into that in a minute, but yeah. Um, and this movies are really similar to, um, X2 where like striker in X2 is like trying to use Xavier to murder all of the mutants. Um, but like he kind of succeeds in days of future past with his, um, or not striker Trask succeeds in days of future past with the Sentinel program where he kind of murders all the mutants. Um, and another big overall thought on this movie before we really dive into the nitty gritty is the cast. Just like, Mm -hmm. because like it melds the old cast and the new cast and like everyone's performance in this movie is great. Exactly. Like, it's so cool to see. Um, Serene McKellen and Sir Patrick Stewart back. 
Mm-hmm. I wish there was more of Ian McKellen, but he's so awesome. He's the OG Magneto. Yeah. It's really hard for me to choose a favorite mag. Like for, with Professor X, it's really easy to say um, Patrick Stewart. But like with Magneto, like I love how they like Michael Fassbender and Sir Ian McKellen play two sides of the same coin where like Michael Fassbender plays like the angry young headstrong Magneto where he's like, mm-hmm. this is what we should be doing. We cannot allow humans to treat us like this. And um, Ian McKellen's like, I was wrong. I still have those feelings, but I realize I need to put them aside for the better, betterment of my species. Mm-hmm. God, dude, Hugh Jackman. Oh my God. Yeah, everyone's performance in this movie is just so so great like their characters like i mean hugh jackman plays wolverine like no other mm-hmm. i mean like watching him watching him do what wolverine does in this movie do you just want to jump right into it right now yeah let's let's um i, I kind of want to talk a little bit about um well now yeah the, most of the, the other like bigger stuff that I, I wrote about this is stuff we can talk about when we're like actually into the movie. Yeah. I mean, you already talked about like the opening, like the, the movie opens up and like we see genocide with mutants and that stuff, blah, blah, blah. You've seen the movie. So we're not going to like give you like a play by play of like everything that happens. But so one of the things that I, uh, I love like right at the beginning of the movie is where we see like the Sentinels attacking the X-Men mm-hmm. dude. The X-Men are so much more fun than Marvel, like MCU. Because oh, all, yeah. all of their powers are so unique. Like, I watch all of them. Like, none of you guys have the same power. So it's going to be way more fun for me to watch you, like, actually try and, like, use these in a different way. And instead of Marvel, it's like, I'm going to throw a shield. I'm going to bring down lightning. I'm going to shoot a gun at you. I'm super strong. I have like, robot suits. <laughs> like, the only, like, fun character, I think, watching fight in the MCU is Doctor Strange because of what he can do. Yeah, like, it's, you don't know what's going to come next. Mm-hmm. Like, and like when Thanos had the gauntlet, that was fun. But like when he brought down a whole ass moon, yeah. But like with everyone else, it's kind of like I I I know what to expect out of you, kind of. And it's the same with like when you see like Iceman and like those people. But like everyone's different, and they just they really nailed Brian Singer, which amazing that Brian Singer made a good X Men movie. But even though he's kind of a predator, yeah. <laughs> But they really nailed, like, just, like, making the X-Men, like, fun with their powers and that stuff. Did you have a favorite X-Men from, like, the opening? Because, like, the opening sequence really, like, establishes all of, like, the new mutants we haven't really ever seen before. Oh, well, I mean, okay, so I guess, like, out of the new mutants that, like, we see, it's Blink. Because she's she's a legend. With her her portals, I'm like, yeah, you can't beat that. She's so OP. She's just, like... Do, do, like the the sequence where she's Colossus jumps, she opens a portal, he's flying down, she opens, she opens another one, yeah. and he shoots out and he smokes like three sentinels. I'm like, oh my god, that's so awesome! I, f- I completely forgot about that until like I was watching the movie and I was like, oh yeah, this is why I love the X Men because this is so god. much fun. Like, so, I mean, like, it's just, and then with the original cast, like, shit, I love Iceman, I love Kitty Pride, I love Storm wasn't rogue supposed to show up in this movie at some point yeah there's like this there's it exists it's called the rogue cut and like it has her scenes in the movie where like she takes over for kitty pride so kitty pride can like take a nap (laughs) 
That would be kind of cool. I mean, like, I kind of no, like it. It's a, it's like an actually like completed movie. Like, yeah, they just like because she shows up at the end of the movie where the day is saved and everything. Yeah. So like they had her film her scenes, and I've seen part of it. Like Magneto goes and finds her, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've, kinda... I've seen bits and pieces of it, but yeah, I've seen parts. Of, uh, now that you're saying this, I do remember her taking over for Kitty. You know, it's kind of funny is because you and I both hated Rogue in the original X-Men movies. Yeah, she was annoying as fuck. <laughs> There's our F-mom. <laughs> I, was... I, I agree with that. She was so annoying. <laughs> She's always just like, oh, I just want to kiss someone. Oh, yeah, I can't she... touch anyone. And Logan's like, stop. What are you doing? <laughs> she was always horny. And she like. I mean, she's, obviously, with her powers, she, like, sucks, like, the life out of them or whatever. She was always screaming and crying, too. It's just, like, shut up. But, like, when I hear about, like, this Rogue cut of her coming back, I'm like, oh, cool. I want to see Rogue again. It's, kind of, it's like, funny because you're like, I hated her back in the day. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of want to see her again. Yeah, no, I I agree as well. But, I mean, I just love the X-Men characters and they're all so fun. And like in even in the opening like of this movie, like we didn't we didn't really chase a whole lot of stuff on movies down like we do now that we're older. Like, because when did this come out? Twenty fourteen. Yeah, this came out like two thousand fourteen. I think. Like we weren't like chasing movie news down, so I didn't really like. We saw the like the trailers of like the old cast and the new cast. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. But I thought it was mainly going to be the new cast. But when it opened, like with the old cast for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was like, this is awesome. Cause then you see him fight and you're like, Oh God, now this is bringing me back to like the OG days. We would watch like those movies on like Saturday, like it'd be like a lame rainy Saturday and like there'd be an X-Men movie on. And we'd just be watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess this kind of gets into one of the bigger things I was talking about, like in the future, like when they're in the future, they have like the lighting of the movie is so like dark and cold and it's very contrasted to when they go back and, um time to like the 70s when it's like warmer colors um it was really cool to see that and that's like just like little like cinematic things used to like distinguish between time periods like christopher like for my film class we had like we had to watch inception and like slow motion is used to distinguish between like time periods so like how like when time's moving by slowly it's like you're trying to figure out what frame of reference you're in but in this movie, like that, you can tell by the color palette being used, like w- whether you're in the future or the past. But like, you kind of establish that, you kind of figure that out pretty quickly. Um, but do you have anything to say about like, I guess, like the beginning of the movie? Anything that we've already touched on? Because no, uh, like before, I, I just like the only thing that I say is like, I think this is like the best excellent movie. Like, because right away from the beginning, I, that's another big thing. Like with this movie, is the pacing of the movie is phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. I was, ne- I never get bored watching this movie. Actually, like the movie, mm-hmm. like it starts up, like it does that exposition, where, like, okay, like when you get up to the point where like Charles is, gives his whole monologue of like what the Sentinels are, because obviously, he they just like literally like take like two minutes and like explain everything. After he gives that whole speech, like the movie just then like picks up and the pacing is so good. Like I don't get bored. Then like I watch every scene. And I'm like I'm invested in what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. like i actually care about this so when then logan like so then like when we find out that logan has to get sent back in time i think that's hilarious because 
he's like not fit for that at all. I mean, no. physically he's fit for it, but like he's not, he's not fit for it at all because like right away when he gets <laughs> sent back and I thought it was hilarious because like there's different ways that like people would probably go about it. Like Charles would probably go about it a different way and like Magneto would go about it a different way. When Logan wakes up in like the seventies and like he's in this bed with that woman, he's like, "I was sent here from the future." I'm like, "You can't just say that to people because <laughs> they're gonna be like, what the hell are you talking about?'" These guys are drugs. <laughs> yeah. And so he said that, like, when he says, "I I was sent here from the future," I was like, "This is something that Wolverine would say and just like doesn't see the issue with it." Whereas, like, I'm from Charles, the future. I mean, Charles would say the same thing, but like. You wouldn't say it to just a random group of guys. He'd be like, he said it a little more elegantly than Logan being like, would you believe me if I said him from the future? Everyone's yeah. like, no, I don't believe you. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Dude, he, can we talk about how freaking juiced up Hugh Jackman is in this yeah. movie? When yeah. he like gets out of that bed, buck ass nude, and you see like all of the veins all over like his body. It's ridiculous. Re- ridiculous i'm like jesus he's on all of the steroids you can get in australia i just don't think he was drinking water that whole day i think he's definitely drinking water but i just think he was no i don't think he was because i i i henry cavill had like an interview where it's like if you're doing like a shirtless scene in hollywood they like tell you not to drink water for like it's like 12 hours before you shoot the scene oh yeah, yeah okay that makes sense yeah it's like for like weight cutting in the ufc like you do a water weight cut so you just look stupid shredded so like when you see fighters on the scale they look you can see like every single muscle fiber yeah so i mean he i mean he may i'm not gonna say Hugh jackman's on steroids but i am he, he's on steroids okay you can say that but <laughs> sorry Hugh jackman if you ever listen to this if you're not on steroids we could talk about it on the podcast if you want to come on and talk to us uh email us at legionairepodcast at gmail.com but yeah, he, he was just water. He, I, I just don't think he drank like any water for that. He's still pretty jacked though. Yeah, he was pretty jacked, but I just thought that was funny. Another like quick um, thought I had when we watched the opening of this movie. So he wakes up in this bed next to this chick. Um, does Wolverine get STDs? No, he can't because of his healing factor. He could like, yeah, up. He can only get like that adamantium cancer that kills him. Yeah. Like that lead poisoning or whatever it is. <laughs> it's basically lead poisoning, but for his metal skeleton. Yeah. That's the only thing that can really kill him. Or maybe like a bullet, nice. to, maybe like a silver bullet to the head, whatever it was in Origins. I didn't really kill him. It just like reset his reset memory. his memory. Yeah. That's convenient. Yeah. How convenient. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um Another thing that I thought was kind of funny was um, when, like, you first meet Bolivar Trask and he's, like, with the Congress. He's talking to them. And wait, he's wait, like, wait. Can I say one thing before we move out of this, like, sequence no, of yeah, yeah. waking up? up? I wrote down, I, dude, I think Logan has the funniest lines in this movie. Wolverine is the, like, he's the worst person. Like you said, he's the worst person to send back in time because he says the funniest shit. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> like, he's get, getting ready. He's putting his pants on. They're like, what are you going to do? And he's like... Logan looks at me and says, you're going to give me the keys to your car, some money for gas, or you're going to wake up in the hospital. Trust me, I know how these things play out. And like every OG fan is like, hell yeah, that's exactly how stuff plays out because he's always beating the crap out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Like if they don't give him what he wants. Like that was just, I love that line of that movie, but sorry, go on. No, you no, know, I love that line too. And then he, 
is expecting to have his adamantium claws and he pulls out bone <laughs> claws. Bone claws. Like, well, shoot, this isn't what I was hoping for. <laughs> but I mean, it gets the job done still. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say, I think it's funny how when you first meet Trask in, the, in Congress, because the movie takes place during the Vietnam War and he's like, I mean, the X-Men are directly like, I. it's 2021, so I'm going to like compare it to like current events as well. But like the X-Men are directly like, it's like minorities, basically. Like the X Men yeah. are like supposed to represent a minority in the comics. So like watching like how it unfolds and in this movie, and they're like, "Well, you don't want to lose a second war against the X Men because they're already losing the Vietnam War." I'm like watching that. I'm like, "Yeah, you guys are gonna lose the war against minorities in the real world Congress because you guys just love picking wars with people." Yeah, we should also be. Um... It's kind of a crude um, analogy to draw mutants and minorities. I just want to say that out there: if you're if you're a minority in America, you're not like a, you're not like a mutant. But no, 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 it's, no, it's no, just to show. It's just for storytelling purposes. But no, yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, know you're not saying that. But we should we should just publicly say that we know that's kind of a crude analogy to draw. No, but. it is. But like that's like how the X Men like sort of were created. Like that's kind of what their creation was for: is to represent mm-hmm. like how like even though you're different, like you're still like you're still a human. You're still a person. Yeah. And you still have like all those like character traits and that stuff. Like just because you're different doesn't mean still that you're value. not. Yeah. You're just because you're different from other people doesn't mean that you're like lesser of a human being. So that's just like, I, I thought it was funny how he's like, you can't lose the war against mutants. It's like, Oh yeah. Good God. Mutants. Oh, because oh. America is just terrified of what they can't control. So yeah, <laughs> Uh-huh. woke oh boy <laughs> i just oh boy. i hear it hearing them talk about that in like the vietnam war because america and their pride yeah they're hubris they're hubris they but i just i thought that was funny um yeah dude peter dinklage is such a phenomenal actor mm-hmm. just like- a, he gets like pigeonhole for being Tyrion, but um yeah no because like he's always like i mean like he always kind of plays like the bad guy because like think about like when we first saw him an elf he's kind of the the bad bad guy guy. he's an angry elf he's an angry elf (laughs) must be a sound pole elf um i mean in game of thrones he's not really the villain everyone in game of thrones is like their own villain besides like Jon snow so and rob stark yeah Rob should have married um the hell's his name now. Filch's daughter. Oh yeah. Uh, it's his name's not Filch, but I don't Walter yeah, Frey. Yeah, Walter Frey. Um But yeah. No, yeah, because like I mean like Tyrion's like a complicated character, but like he's kind of a villain at the beginning, but he becomes he more, changes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Peter Dinklage does such a good job. Like he's just such a phenomenal actor. Well, yeah, I talked about how Bolivar Trask is such a one-dimensional character, but Peter Dinklage like does such a great job. Like he act like his acting outshines this one-dimensional character. Yeah, because he's just supposed to be like mm, mutants. I yeah. need to study them. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I don't hate them. I'm fascinated by them. Blah blah blah. And it's like, okay, yeah, this is cool. Good for you. But mm-hmm. he does a he does a great job like playing this character that really shouldn't be super interesting the way that they wrote him. 
Yeah, he's just like a generic villain. Honestly, he's a pretty generic villain, but like he makes him like an interesting villain to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I enjoyed again everyone's performance in this movie was great. Like I don't think there was one bad performance really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think about it, but I can't think of any. Yeah, everyone was super enjoyable. Another thing I loved in this movie too is the connection that it had from first class and into this movie too, because like when first class first came out, they had that little, I don't think they were planning on making this movie in that little, they had that little one-off scene where Charles and Eric go to the bar to meet Wolverine. And then he's like, go F yourself. I already said it, so I can't say it. Yeah. He's like, go F yourself when they're trying to recruit him to join the team. And then Logan comes back and he's trying to tell Charles about the future and everything. And Charles is like, I do remember you. I'm going to tell you what you said to us. Go F yourself. Or he said, go F off. And it's like, honestly, that's really cool that they like were self-aware that that scene happened and like talked about it because they could have just full knowingly like ignored that scene. And been like Charles yeah. forgot who that was. Um, I have lines written. I literally have lines. I really think Hugh Jackson's really underappreciated in this movie by everybody because they talk about, oh, Charles and Magneto. Dude, he's hilarious. He like, because like when he opens the door, like, when he's with beast he's like he looks he's like really you're beast he's like he's like oh come on come on there's not a little beast he's like trying to open the door and hank's like holding the door and like hank's really young at this point um he's like come on you're not a beast come on there's a little beast and he's like trying to push the door he's like, you're really strong for a scrawny kid he's like come on there's no professor here man leave me alone <laughs> and he's like opens the door he's like hey man you gotta get out of here and logan looks at him he's like listen kid we're gonna be friends someday and he punches hank in the face you just can't see it yet and he like walks away and then then he and like Hank are fighting and yada, yada, yada. And then the professor comes downstairs. The Xavier comes downstairs, young Charles McAvoy. And he's like being a little brat pretty much. He's like, I don't want to. Da, 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 da. And this is why, like when we talk about like Logan even says like, I'm the worst guy to send back in time. I'm not that patient. He finishes the spiel. Logan grabs him. He's like, listen to me, you little shit. I got sent back in time and I watched a lot of people die. So you better help me right now. See, I don't think that was funny. I thought that was more like emotional weight, but no, yeah, no, there own. was, but like, it, I think it's just funny because like, just when you're just like, listen to me, you little shit. <laughs> yeah. Cause well, like, it's totally like on brand for him. No, it is. I mean, he's doesn't have the temperance or the patience. He says like patience isn't my strongest suit. So mm-hmm. I mean, I, Charles is exactly like Luke Skywalker in the last Jedi in this movie when he it is. starts out. So Stay mad, but I mean, the only reason that it was done better was because they actually explained like Charles's state and where he was at. Yeah. And in the Last Jedi, they left that more open to interpretation with the viewers, and it's amazing how some of you can interpret it all in the wrong way. So he's talking to you, Caleb and Jack. Sorry, guys. I am. It's it's amazing. It's amazing how people don't understand where Luke is coming from in The Last Jedi. Star Wars is a movie for kids, and yet we have really dumb people out here who are like, ah, it doesn't make sense to me. And I'm like, no, it makes actually all the sense in the world. It's interesting. Everything you just said was wrong. <laughs> I know. Good Lord. But um, I I think Charles, like when he starts out in this movie, like it's frustrating. He's like, oh, what the hell? This isn't the Professor X that I know that happens in the future, but it's, or the Professor X that happens in first class. 
and like when they explain like his state of like helplessness and like they use the Vietnam War like sort of as like a catalyst for him like seeing his students die yeah seeing his students die and being drafted into the war it's like this isn't what I wanted to happen and then with Raven leaving as well and other mm-hmm. factors are you done okay yeah I just wanted to quick jump in here because this is where Sam has an issue with the movie because like with the whole like serum Hank makes for Charles to like be able to walk again but he loses his, his like ability for like um telepathy sam's like i just can't like get by it's like that doesn't make sense he can walk again why can he walk again I'm like dude it's just like it's supposed to like represent like oh yeah like look i can like do this cool stuff now but i don't have my power he's like well mm-hmm. how can he walk again he got shot in the spine i'm like that's what's stuck stop getting caught up in the details this is like the coolest part because like oh look at he can walk like oh the professor can walk again that's crazy but he can't use his telepathy so then it's like so yeah maybe you are like it's like it's interesting God. It's it's showing like what he would give up to be normal and be human. Exactly. So yeah, I, Sam. I, I, I enjoy. I mean, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but like, it's not something to get hung up on, Sam. If you're listening to this, well, oopsies. Oh well, oopsies. You know, we've we've argued about this plenty of times. He's like, I just can't get behind it. I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, Let's talk a and then Quicksilver. Yeah, I was say then like another like big thing in this movie is because this is the first time we see. Okay, that's not true. This is the second time we see Quicksilver live action, but he's way better, ten thousand times better than what had happened in Age of Ultron. What the hell is this? Evan Peters, dude, so great, so as... good. He's so great in this movie. He's exactly how like a Quicksilver should be. Like if you like if you're a speedster. You're not going to be like some nice guy who's doing, you're going to be stealing crap for your own, like your own good. And you're just doing stuff and like being a little brat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, his character is so much fun. He's like, the portrayal is perfect. He's like this kid is just like playing ping pong with himself. Excuse me. Goodness gracious. I'm, I just ate a lot of food before I took this nap and then I came on here. Everything's happening all at once. Um, <laughs> But, like, just, like, watching this, like, makes me think, dude, freaking one, I would have, I was going to use the F-bomb here, but, dude, what the hell was WandaVision doing if they weren't, use, like, when they cast Evan Peters, like, oh, look, it's Quicksilver, but it's not. It's like, oh, this is actually Ralph Boner. It's like, are you kidding me? They could... Yeah, I think Loki will do something. I don't know. They have this, I hope they, they have do. this whole young cast of X-Men. I have a couple problems with some of the I don't really Mystique, there's no chance that Jennifer Lawrence is coming back as Mystique. She like I she's so so at Mystique. I don't she's never really stands out for me as Mystique. Well, even the the original actress for her was the I like the original actress. I don't know. I just like I, like I just Jennifer see Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I, I like Jennifer Lawrence, but I just see Jennifer Lawrence. I don't see Mystique. Mm, yeah, I do. But I mean, I enjoy it. I, I thought she was good. But like, I don't like with some of the younger casting. Whoever is the kid is that plays Scott. I don't really like him. Scott Summers. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, he's all right. I don't like him. I like the original Scott Summers more. He loves the original Scott Summers. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I evan peters does such a great job as quicksilver and like his introduction where yeah he's like a kleptomaniac and (laughs) he has all of these 
he knows that like they're driving a rental car and he has like all these Pepsi like boxes and he's playing pong at like 10 times speed. Yeah. You should want you should want to talk about the break in of the Pentagon at this point. Cause this is really just like mm-hmm. the, well, Oh my God. Well, actually before, Oh, like, yeah, I guess like when they start doing the break into the Pentagon and like you see their plan unfold, like mm-hmm. they're using like that radio to like screw up with the TV signals so they can't see Magneto. <laughs> that's and, horribly planned. Oh, the it, Pentagon, yeah. and that's like your security system. It's the seventies, man. Yeah, everything's just just different. We didn't really have like a national security threat at that point, so. Um, I mean, like you could say like Pearl Harbor, but that was in like Hawaii. So I, I yeah, nothing really in like the nation's capital up until nine eleven, but. Exactly. So I mean, like, and planes, you could like board up. You could go to the gate with your family or friends or anyone before nine yeah. eleven. So it's like you compare it now and then. It's like yeah. security probably was not that beefed up, but now it probably started to get more beefed up after the bullet curved and <laughs> ran into JFK. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you killed the president. Let's try to save the president. Yeah, Who's I love us. I love the fact that JFK was actually a mutant and Eric was trying to save him. Yeah. Um, no, but like watching them break into the Pentagon before, like we get to the scene with Quicksilver because that's a, that's a great scene. That's an excellent scene. But like when Charles and Eric first meet for the first time again and Charles just absolutely clocks him. I love that. Yeah. Because I mean like Eric has no idea what to expect. He's been in like this prison. He hasn't seen Charles since, I assume he paralyzed him. So when he's like Charles and then Charles just clocks him. I love that so much. I love this. Like that first, like, like instant reaction for the meeting. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. Cause he's like, who's, who's breaking me out of here. And then he like looks and it's Charles. Like, what are you doing here? Like you hate me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. And he's like, it's good to see you walking again. It's like freeze them, Charles. Freeze them. He's like, I can't. Mm-hmm. That's I'll get into that in a minute too. But yeah, so then when the cops show up and like they're about to shoot Logan, Peter, uh, Magneto, and Charles, and Quicksilver, like sl- for him, time slows down because of how fast he moves. It ruins speedster scenes for me now. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Like it, what flashed in Justice League was the way that they did it it was great i loved it because it was its own thing but like this scene it ruins everything else yeah it's like i know we're gonna i'm jumping to a different movie but like hit when he's does like the sweet dream scene like when he shows up at the x-mansion in apocalypse dude he is moving so fast if he's beating an explosion like underneath Mm -hmm. the x-mansion he is like he steals the scene. He steals mm-hmm. the show every time he's in the mo- these movies. Well, it's great because they just, they make it so fun and they're like, we're going to, it's creative. Because, yeah. They never, they had never done a scene like this before. Like they just like screwed the speedster over and they're like, Oh, we'll just like let you do like super fast action stuff. But this is the first time that like this had ever happened where we see time slow down and you see like the speedster move crazy fast. Yeah, and he's like pulling up a dude, sh- giving him a wedgie, punching one guy with one thing, punching a guy with his own fist. It's like super funny. 
Mm-hmm. It, it ruins speedster like scenes for me now because I watch it and I'm like, I'm like, I don't care. Like if it's, if it doesn't like build up like the same way that it did in X-Men apocalypse and days of future past, like I don't care. And justice league was its own thing. So like, I, I thought the flash and that was great. And yeah. like the, his speedster scenes were really fun, but mm-hmm. this is its own like ballpark. X-Men doing it right since the beginning. They had a couple of hiccups, but yeah, I had a few hiccups, quite a number of hiccups, but <laughs> when they hit, yeah. they hit. Yeah. No, when they hit, like they, they're on point with it. Yeah. Cause I love that scene. It's so much fun. Um, so I guess, what do you really want to talk about next? We could talk about the Paris scene. I know there's like the, there's a plane on the, or no, scene I want to talk. Plane. I want to talk about the plane scene actually. Yeah. Okay. Because good. Then... Cause I have stuff written down for that. No, so the plane scene where, like, Charles and Eric, like, have their argument with one another. It's, Charles is more the villain. Like, he's in the wrong in this situation. And Eric is, like, I don't want to say Eric's in the right, but he is. Because he was out there trying to, like, defend mutants and protect them. And meanwhile, like, the Vietnam War is happening. And, like, all of these mutants are, like, being discovered. They're being taken by the government. They're being experimented on by Trask Industries. Charles is just hiding. Yeah, he's hiding with Hank, like, in the X-Mansion, like, living in, like, his guilt, like, what Luke Skywalker did in The Last mm. Jedi. Mm. It's almost like this has been done before in other movies, but it was only an issue and it happened to Luke Skywalker. Yeah, not my Luke Skywalker. Mm. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm angry. But I, the, their argument with one another and Eric just, like, is, like, crushing the plane, like, mm-hmm. bringing it down, I... I love it. Panel buckling. Let me tell you something about that. That was my senior design. That's what I worked on for my senior design project when I designed a plane. I had to figure out panel buckling. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. No, no, but I, I just love that scene because it's these two, like you never really see Charles and Eric argue, like yell at one another. Like I don't, we you rarely see them, and especially when they get older, you never see them yell at one another. They just have their, they they have their calm conversations with each other. So, it's it was a well well performed scene among the two actors. Mm-hmm. But then, um, later on, then in the movie, like not in the movie, later on in the scene, we're like, this is the scene takes place during the day, and then like the next scene on the plane takes place during the night. And um, Eric and Charles like want to play chess among one another. This is like it. You see it build up later, though. I'm gonna wait before like I get super far into it. But like they want to play chess, and that's just a staple for Professor X and Magneto because it's like a like, mending relationship. Well, it, that and like they're two of the smartest mutants in like all of the X Men universe. They also they're feel s- like the smartest men on the planet. Mm-hmm. So like, watching them play, it's like. I feel like it's always a coin toss for who's going to win because neither of them are like better than the other. They're equally matched. It's just like how they know how to perform and like use the cards that are given to them. And like their chat, their battle of chess like goes farther than just like on the board. Cause then like, I'm going to wait till I get into it later in the movie. But like, it's, it's not just like, Oh, look at that. They're playing chess. It like, they're playing chess against one another, like with each other's minds and like what they do, like in the real world. So it has real world effects which I'll wait till we get to that scene, but I, it's a staple for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Michael Fassbender owns, excuse me. Goodness gracious. Um, he owns the show on the, in the plane scene. Yeah. 
just God, Michael. Oh, I love Michael Fassbender. He's such a good actor. I really want to see him in the MCU. Like he's one of those characters. Like, dude, you have him. You might as well use him. Mm-hmm. He's great. So I will. So is James McAvoy. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. No, not to say he's not. Yeah. He's. I love him as Professor X. Like they need to keep these guys coming over to the MCU. Hmm. I agree. Um, but so then they like, so after they're off the plane, they're in Paris. Um, and there's like, do you have anything re- really written down? Cause like, I kind of like everything, like I have everything written down, like when they go into the meeting. Cause I know like Mystique does that thing with the guy and she like, no, everything that I want to talk about is like when the meeting actually happens. Yeah. Dude, when Logan sees Stryker and he goes like, and like he like starts fluttering like on the timeline where he like his like mind is all of a sudden back when he was like Weapon X, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Who the hell are you guys?" And he's like, "They're like what?" They're like, and nobody knows what's going. Like, um, McAvoy, Xavier's looking. He's like, "What do you mean you don't know what's going on?" You're Logan. He's like, "Who are you? Stop looking at me like that." And then Beast gets up next to him, and he's all blue and hairy. He's like, "What the hell is that?" And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I love that's hilarious. Um. But what it's was, really yeah, oh, no, you no, no, keep going. No, you keep I don't going. know. It's just really cool because the guy that cast as Stryker really looks a lot like old man Stryker that we see in X2 United. And he like he has like this evil like sense about him. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's really cool when Logan sees Stryker and then like in the beginning, like this meeting when it's going on, because um Trask has that mutant tracker and he's like this so he's trying to pitch it to the Vietnamese um army he's like so yeah this is the and now this war is done you need to f- be worried about the next conflict which is mutants and he's using it it's the mutant trackers going off because mystique's in the room and then <clears throat> uh wolverine hank magneto and charles burst in and he, it's like going off the fritz and they're like oh my god there are mutants everywhere um but like when logan sees trask or um striker and he like flashes back and they're like who was that he's like that guy's gonna bring me a lot of pain someday and it's just, it's just like sad because he's like logan's like this is something i just can't avoid no matter mm-hmm. what happens it's yet yeah, supposed to happen for his character oh it's just like hurts he's like god um no so when i was talking about like the chess with charles and eric so when Charles and Eric first meet in the Pentagon and Eric is saying to Charles, he's like, freeze them. And Charles is like, I can't. Well, then after they were like reveal their plan to Magneto and everything and say like, what's going to happen in the future and how Mystique is going to like change the outcome of everything. And they need to like stop her from killing Trask when they walk in. Like, this is how Charles and Eric are playing chess and Eric gets the upper hand because he's like two steps ahead of Charles where he, he knows that Charles doesn't have his powers anymore. So when they walk into the room, Eric is like, well, I'm just going to kill Mystique so then she doesn't kill anyone and that future never happens. And Raven is like, freeze him, Charles. And Eric says, he's like, he can't because he knows that he's like the most, he's the strongest guy in the room. Like if Charles is, doesn't have his powers and Eric doesn't have like, he doesn't need the helmet to protect him. He knows that he's like, I, I'm two steps ahead of you, Charles. Like you can't stop me now. So I like, when I say like their battle of chess is like beyond just the board, but like in person as well, it's Eric now knows that Charles doesn't have his powers because he can walk. So it's like, well, should have uh, thought that one through better, Charles. Yeah, dude, Magneto always makes a big scene. Like when it's like when Logan explains to them, it's like, yeah, this is so like he try. I'm assuming he explains to them. Yeah, like so when Raven kills Trask, this is what 
accelerates the Sentinel program because of mutants. At what point in Magneto's head, he's like, oh, yeah, if I go in to this room full of humans who are scared of mutants and I murder another mutant and I make a huge scene with using all my metal powers, we'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, that should work. It's like, what? It's like, what? It makes it even worse. (laughs) Exactly. But I will then when like, I love the scene then where, um, Eric like pulls the gun, like he's about to shoot at Mystique and like, they like block him and everything. They try to stop him from shooting at her and she jumps out the window and like the, he like curves the bullet down the window. Yeah. It's a curved bullet. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well then after she like lands on the pavement, like she's like trying to walk away and like Logan slipping through time, the score that starts playing. It's like these like drums that are like, it's like dramatic. Like, it's like done 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 and it's like like you feel like the like the tension in the scene the drama because it's like raven just got like shot by eric he's trying to kill her right now logan is like traveling through like 50 years of the timeline all at once so i i loved that score that just started playing as well there Mm -hmm. Uh but then so then when uh eric goes down to like find mystique after jumping out the window and everything. And Hank comes in to save him. I mean, save mystique. And he's like trying to stop Eric from like causing all this commotion. They have like their little fight scene. And in the previous movie in X-Men first class, Hank was always concerned about like being seen as beast. Cause he thinks that yeah. like, he's uh, he's like it's self-consciousness that Hank holds with the character of beast. So then he can, he can yeah, and Hank like re- represents most people who are like insecure about themselves too. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So then when, like he he tries to avoid becoming beast because like he's he's not comfortable in that skin like he doesn't like the way he looks and everything so then like when they get done having when they're having their fight scene eric like strings hank up in front of like the whole world as beast so like the whole world is seeing hank now like as beast it's i again like i just love that sort of tie-in like with first class because hank had talked to raven about how he's like oh i don't really like this blah 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 I don't like people seeing me as a blue fur creature. Mm-hmm. Well, then Eric strings him up in front of the whole world with cameras and like at this big national event that's happening, international event. It's like, ouch. That's like the worst it could probably be. Exactly. Because this is everything Hank like tried to avoid. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't want the world to see me like this. And then they see him. And then it's just like, then everybody's staring at him. He's like, he feels like a freak. Mm-hmm. and it's sad no that's why i love the x-men just because of like i feel like so many people can relate to them yeah like i feel like the x-men like everyone's like oh spider-man's so relatable yeah he is but like the x-men like each character like has their own story which is like i feel like people can relate to a specific character in the x-men because of like how unique they are mm-hmm. um yeah like dad and charles xavier they both are bald <laughs> oh my god He's gonna be like, hey, I'm not even bald. <laughs> I'm just joking. That's the age old debate. Would you rather be Charles Xavier or uh, Magneto? Oh, Charles, like wheelchair Charles. Well, yeah, duh. Well, he was walking in first class, so well, he can't wheelchair he can't. Charles. Nah, I'd rather be Magneto. If I get yeah. Magneto with the helmet, I'd be yeah, Magneto. Exactly. That's what Magneto I can fly. Yeah. And in X2, he just, like, ripped some dude's iron out of his blood because of how much iron he had. So it's like, ah. Yeah. 
That's violent, though. It is, but I mean, that just shows how strong Magneto is. Um. Yeah. Another really cool, I guess, like the next really big thing that happens is, um, like Logan kind of mentoring Charles when Charles tries to use Cerebro. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool because like Logan's mentoring Charles in the way Charles mentored him in the original X Men movies. Um, yeah, and he's like he says to him he's like i was your most helpless he's like he's like i can't help anyone he's like yes you can i am living proof for that he's like what he's like i was your most helpless student but you showed me what i could be and it's like hell yeah Mm -hmm. hell yeah you can and then like he's like look into my mind um he's like why there's so much pain in your life he's like look past that he's like look past that so then this is where like the old Charles and the new Charles meet through like a time bridge, like through Logan's mind. And it is such a cool concept for your past self. Everybody's like, if you could tell your past self, anything, what would you tell him? What actually happens in this movie? He's like, um, the old Charles says to the new Charles, like the younger Charles, like just because we stumble and lose our way, doesn't mean we're lost forever. And which is cool about this sequence. It's like blurry to clear imagery where the, the blurry kind of like represents like when old, new Charles comes into the future. He's like, he, it's kind of like represents of his mindset set at the time. He's like, he doesn't really want to do anything. He's like, doesn't know really who he is anymore. He doesn't feel like he's the professor anymore. But at the end of this meeting with himself, it is like pick or clear imagery. And he's like, I know what I have to do now. And then he comes back to like the present or the, the past time, pre- past present time with Logan and he's like, I mm-hmm. know what I need to do now. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I well, like prior to that scene is like with when Charles like activates Cerebro the first time. And I love Cerebro. It's, it's watching Charles be like overwhelmed with his powers coming back to him. And he's like, ah, I Cerebro so cool. It'd be kind of freaky to be in there. Like, it's kind of like a big giant like, um, oh, um, um, um astronomy what was the, the 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 big bubble for astronomy what's that called it's, it's basically planetarium like a, like a planetarium yeah it's basically like a plan, big planetarium yeah no yeah with all the people that you're seeing like how fast you're moving oh my goodness an imax planetarium good god i was like kind of freaking out watching it all spin i was like oh my god i don't know if i can do this <laughs> um yeah no but when like Charles says to Logan, he's like, you poor, poor man. I don't want your suffering. I don't want your future. I'm like, God, I love the X-Men so much. God, dude, the X-Men are the best. Yeah, it's so cool. And then like, yeah, when they first meet with each other, Charles and Charles, he says Charles and old Charles is like Charles. It's exactly like Mr. Spock, Mr. Mr. Spock. Spock. Yeah, when those two meet. So I, I love that. I think that's really cool. Um. Did you speaking of Spock? Did you see the Star Trek reference? I did. Yeah, I, we have to go back in time. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. I, I mean, I love Star Trek so much. William Shatner. It's gonna be a sad day when that man dies. Oh, they need to keep making Star Trek movies with Chris Pine. They do. Well, that's a different. That's a story for a different time. But it is. God, what they're talking about for Star Trek Four? Oh man, that would have been sweet. Mm-hmm. it would have but we'll talk but about that later actually yeah so like after charles gets like that pep talk and everything and james mcavoy charles then like ha- is trying to find raven and he's in the airport with her oh my god he gives such a great performance in that scene like him acting just like 
the way like he's emotionally calm and he's just in so much pain, but like he's doing the right thing. It's I, it's so good. He gives mm-hmm. such a great performance. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have anything written down for that. Sorry. No, I don't. I this, these are all just things that you and I like specifically picked out. But, um, you want to talk about the White House attack and how Magneto cements himself as the goat? Yeah, we're at like the third act of the movie now. So, um, first off, before we get into this, dude, they cast Nixon. The guy looks just like Nixon, who they cast as Nixon. He sounds like him too. Yeah, or what, what, what? How do we fight this? What, what are we gonna do about these people? <laughs> yeah, and it's probably something Nixon would do. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but I thought it was kind of cool because, like, so there's this meeting happening at the White House about the Sentinel program. But like before you get there, like Magneto had like infil- he like infiltrated the Sentinels like with metal, so he like now can, can control the Sentinels. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really cool because Magneto walks into this he like lands in this baseball stadium and this guy's out there like just painting the lines, doing his duty on a Sunday or something. And Magneto lands. He like, he's like, Hey buddy, what are you doing here? He's like, he's like, he's like Hey, you need help with something? Can yeah. I he's help like, you with something. He's like, no, no, you can't. No, you can't. He's just like, who is this guy in his get up with his big helmet on? And he just picks up the baseball stadium and flies away. And like when he lands, I literally wrote down like it is Magneto's ballpark. It is Magneto's ball game now because like he puts the the baseball stadium around the White House so nobody can get in. That is ingenious. It's smart. Yeah. I mean he can keep everything like enclosed. No one can get in or like really out without getting past him. Yeah. Um I well like while this is going on too like there's like the transitioning between like the past and the future then yeah which because uh, like at this point we didn't we don't really see much of like the future like we just kind of stick in like the 70s and everything but then like we cut to the future then with like all the original x-men and oh my god it's so like the way that like they just cut between each scene and like again the pacing of this movie is just so perfect because like after a while, like, I mean, like, yeah, you kind of forget about, like, the other X-Men who are, like, waiting for, like, the Sentinels to come in, like, the year, I don't know, what is it, like, 2020 or, like, 2050 or something? 2042? You keep talking, I'll look it up. I, I don't know what year it is, but, um, just, like, the way that they're able to, like, transition, because, like, yeah, you sort of forget about, like, the X-Men that are in the future, but when they cut, to- like, towards it and the Sentinels are coming, Storm, like, takes them down. Oh, my God, I love Storm. Dad loves Storm, too. Uh, it says it takes place in 2023, which is kind of yeah. scary. <laughs> well, we we would have had mutants by now, so that you're aware of. Well, <coughs> I can't imagine all this would happen in two years. But what do you think's going on in Area 51, bro? <laughs> I don't know, honestly. But um, no, like just the uh, the whole transition between like 2023 and 1973. It's it's really fun watching them like cut back and forth between it. Cause I love watching the future X-Men fight with blink, like throwing up her portals and everything. And you see Colossus like running through and like doing that super punch yeah. and storm. Like when storm gets killed, it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. That's sad. It is. Cause like, I didn't expect her to die. I mean like in the trailer, like they sort of like show it like right before she gets like stabbed. Yeah. But then like watching like, like the original die, like you're an original x-men member died it's like oh my god and Halle berry i love her as storm yeah 
um it's yeah uh, shoot what did i what did i write down for this because like this is like really what like elevates the sentinels because nobody's stopping the sentinels We're, they're like kind of slowing them down but like not really a whole lot at all mm-hmm. they're just you can't mowing them down yeah you can't really defeat them because like they can just adapt to everything yeah thanks to mystique yeah way to go yeah it's it's funny because mystique has like she i assume she's able to like transform into anyone and like use their abilities maybe maybe not i don't think so i don't think she can use their abilities but they like use her genome to like make that so she can use abilities or whatever yeah it's i i it's crazy because they're just like so op now the sentinels in 1973 though are kind of little retro yeah, version but i mean retro. when you have wolverine with bone claws it's like uh okay yeah um but speaking of wolverine with bone, like he has it so rough because when, he, when like, he like when he goes to like run at Magneto and like attack him and then Magneto like throws this like giant cinder block at him and takes the bars out of it and like starts putting bars like through Wolverine. Ugh. It's like, oh my god. I have another funny Logan line when he, before he runs out at Magneto like that, he's like next to Beast and Beast looks at him and he's like, Hey, be honest with me. In the future, do I make it? Logan looks at him immediately. He's like, "No." <laughs> I burst out laughing. He's like, "We can change that." I'm like, "Hell yeah, we can change that." Yeah. Well, okay. So while all this is going on, like they have to change this event from like Mystique killing Trask because like that's like what's going to create the Sentinels. All this shit is happening. I'm like, the timeline has to be changing so rapidly right now. Like you freed Eric, then Eric like shows up in the room. Like, like this has to be like affecting the timeline in the future. Like, there's no chance that you can sit there and tell me that like Eric like curving a bullet in Paris like shoot Mystique, and Eric putting a baseball field around the entire White House does not change the outcome of the future. Like, Probably makes it worse. Tell- yeah, I was gonna say this has to make it worse. Like, but, like they can't be in the same situation like that they are right now. I it's just Dude, a little yeah. pick that I have. I wrote this down because I'm like Magneto declaring war on humanity, like in this like baseball speech, like in or, like the stadium, like in front of the White House, like when he he pulls like the presidential like um the the box out of the ground, big metal box, mm-hmm. and the president he's like rips it apart and he p- points all the guns and him like this is a we declare war on humanity. It's like after explaining to like Charles, like new Charles and Logan, like or new Charles and Eric about like when Logan explains it to them what happens in the future. Magneto declaring war on humanity after they talk about what happens in the future will forever confuse me. It's like, did you not listen to anything anybody said about like, we got to like be friends with the humans. Otherwise they're going to hate us forever. He's like, Nope, we're going to kill the president instead. (laughs) I just wrote down, God, I love the X-Men. I mean, I dude, I love the X-Men, but it's just like, what is what? Yeah. Well then like when Mystique takes out Char, I mean, Eric, I I love that scene. She yeah. like she shoots him right in the neck and everything. Ouch! Yeah, Magneto takes it like a champ. He's just like, oh, yeah, no big deal. But um, like Mystique then has that whole scene where like she talks with Charles and Charles is like, I'm leaving this up to you now, but don't make us the enemy today. And That's then she doesn't. Goat. It is, yeah. Charles is a legend for that. James McAvoy is a great Charles. But then, so, like, she doesn't kill Trask. 
and Magneto gets up and like you have that scene between um Eric and Charles where he's like, If you let them have me, I'm as good as dead. And Charles is like, I know. And then he says to him, he's like, Goodbye, old friend. He's like, Goodbye, Eric. I love their dynamic so much. Like they have such a good relationship with one another. Like they're friends, but they're so different. Mm-hmm. They um yeah. I they love both like their species so much, but it's like completely different sides of like it's love. I think it's supposed to like kind of represent um Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X, I guess. Because like Magneto's the like, not like they're remotely even close to the same, but it's like a similar like parallel to draw between the two of them because Magneto's kind of like the Malcolm X who like by any means necessary he will free his people and mm-hmm. fight for their right by like violence and whatever. And uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and Professor X are more like the peaceful protest type of people. It's like we need to meet, become friends and like break bread and be establish common mm-hmm. ground. This is how we'll move forward. So it's like two different ideologies, but both respect each other for what they do. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like, well, you're not going to make much progress when you do that. But it's like, <laughs> well, you're not going to make us look good when you do that. So it's, it's fun watching like that tug and pull between both sides where it's like, you can't make us look like the enemy because then they're going to hate us. And it's like, well, you can't sit there and break bread because they're not going to, nothing's going to be accomplished with that. They're not going to respect us. Exactly. God, but, I love the X-Men. I know I do too. Oh, actually another thing, but before like we cut them, like the final scene of the movie, I like the, like, the little reference that they have where Eric like pulls all the guns out from like that little white house safe. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's the same thing as the first Dexon movie. Like he's controlling all the guns and he's pointing at all the cops and Magneto's yeah. about to like pull all the trigger. And it's like the same thing with this where he pulls all the guns out and he's about to shoot at all the secret service and the white house members. Yep. I like that little, that little nod to the first X-Men movie. Awesome. But then, yeah, we get, we go to the future. Then they save time. Everything's hunky dory. And, um, when like we, I dude, I wrote, I was like, I love the originals, the original Same. X-Men. I love Hank, Bobby, Kitty, Storm, Gene. Gene. I wrote Gene, Gene equals horny Logan hours. Well, dude, I love Scott and Gene so much. Like hey, I but- love Scott Summers and I love Gene. Ugh. Scott Summers deserved better than what he got in X3. He did. RIP. He should not have died that way. No, it sucked. It was dumb. God, I love, and I love Storm and yeah, Logan and Charles. But oh my god, <clears throat> I do being a teacher at the Xavier Institute would be so cool. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't know. Like you don't really do a whole lot of school there. Yeah, but like it's cool school. It's, cool it's funny cool because kids. when when Kitty Pride is teaching her class, she's like she's talking about like utopian futures. Logan's like, yeah, you, none of you guys know what happened. Yeah. Um, I guess this is where we got to talk about. I said, I think this is a perfect reboot movie, but you don't think it is. And I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think what your issues with this movie has to do with this movie. I think your issues have to do with how, where this, where the universe went after this movie. Well, no, because I think they were never, so what I think what they should have done is like, they shouldn't have showed the ending with the characters that survived. They could have just showed like, logan and charles because we knew that logan was getting his own standalone movie they could have just done that and not shown the x-men who lived because then i think that they should have done was because you have like 
old X-Men and you have the young X-Men. You literally could have made two X-Men movie with both the old cast and the new cast and just released the movie with the new cast first and then have the one with the old cast come out next because like I can't imagine that they would have said no, I don't want to do an X-Men movie because superhero movies have been like at an all-time high now. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine when it came out it was really at a high. Mhm. Yeah, like 2014 to like 2018 was like a peak time for the superhero golden movies. age of super superhero movies honestly no it was so like i can't imagine that like people they were the returning actors would have said no i think that they would have loved to have the chance to play their characters again and like maybe actually do it properly but so i just think they screwed up when they showed all the characters that survived because then they went the route of going with the new cast with apocalypse and dark phoenix and i was like i don't care because i know everyone's living in the future so i'm like i know that mystique is gonna die like, I know she's going to die in Dark Phoenix. I, I wasn't even concerned about that at all. Because I was like, I expect her to die. And I haven't else seen that, Dark Phoenix. I don't even know she died. No, well, she does die. And it, it's, you can see it coming from a mile away. Okay. I, is like, it even worth watching? I like the X-Men. I don't like Jessica Chastain. That's my review. Okay. <laughs> in like a sentence. Interesting. In one sentence, that's what I think of the movie. Gene is OP. That's that's my review. All right, dumb plot. Worth, dumb plot. Is it worth watching? Like, if I'm gonna sit, would you sit? Because I haven't seen it. I don't know if you want to watch it. You could. I, I I've only watched it once. I I I like the I like the opening of the scene actually for Dark Phoenix. I think it's really cool where they're out in space. X Men should be in space more often, but. I'm so excited for them in the MCU. But yeah, I want to jump in here because like what you just said, I, I, I totally agree with. I don't think they should have used the new cast anymore, which I well, think they, is kind of lame. I think that was, I, I literally wrote, I'm like, I wish they would have made another movie with the OG cast instead of going back to the new cast. And I feel like them jumping right into Apocalypse for their third movie entry in the series is awful. Like that's your Thanos level villain. And you jumped right into that. Like that's, it's so dumb. Well, yeah, no, they could have done Apocalypse with, like, the older X-Men, but, like, I get where they have, like, all these new cast members, so that's why I said, like, you should make two different movies where, like, you have the one with the new cast members, and you release that one first, and then you do the old one, and you have that one, because, like, you can have two separate, like, they're not the same actors. You have old X-Men and young X-Men, so just film two X-Men movies at the same time. Yeah, I don't don't think they'd ever do that, just because of, like, branding issues and, like, like why are nah. we doing a studio? I, no, because no studios. Th- this is what I'm saying. Studios wouldn't ever get behind that because studios are dumb most of the time. If Marvel had the chance to do that, I think that they would do that. Yeah, Kevin Feige's the goat. Um, but it, yeah, I guess they could have done like like a new one and an old one, and like like the you see like the new one and the old one like is dealing with like stuff that happened in between, like what's going on in between, and then they have like another new one and another old. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool, but. Yeah, because I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know. God, I wish I want. I want to see another OG X Men movie, but it won't ever happen. Well, so like they were never going to go the route with like old X Men. So like that's why I say like, they screwed it up by showing everyone who lives at the end of like with this final scene. I that's I love fair. it. Like I I I'm not going to say oh it was stupid, but I mean like I watch it and then so when Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix comes out, I'm like I don't care because I know everyone's going to survive. I know who's going to live. I know who's going to die. Mm-hmm. So. That's just my complaint. I mean, like they 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 rebooted it well, but I think the proper movie to reboot a universe is the first Star Trek movie. Oh God, yeah, that's a 
that yeah. they they rebooted a universe correctly with that. Like they did everything. Like you didn't have to see all of the thirty seasons of Star Trek to like understand this movie. But for those of you who did watch Star Trek, you'd be like, "Oh, this is stupid. It doesn't take place in the canon." Well, guess what? Get over yourself. Yeah. Sorry, I'm renaming the episode title of this to a misunderstood reboot. <laughs> it is. It is a misunderstood reboot. Um. But yeah. God, dude, I just I'm I so love the X Men. You want to talk a little bit more right now about I guess because we're done talking about the movie, but like how we kind of want to see them show up in the MCU. We didn't really like we didn't really talked about this at all just because of like how Loki because we didn't really talk about Loki this week. Um, I honestly don't like know where they're going to go with it because they're not mentioned at all for phase four. The Fantastic Four have been confirmed to be like the closeout for phase four. So I don't think we're not going to see the X-Men for another like four or five years, honestly. Yeah. How do you want to see them introduced? Like just off the top of your head, like right now, I know I'm kind of put you on the spot, but it's going to be something with like whatever their like big next event is. That's how they're going to do it. Cause I don't want it to be some dumb. Like I, I would like it if the mutants like actually exist in like the current MCU universe, but like that would be like, Oh, well where were they? Like Scarlet witch. Cause kind of how they hinted at her, like kind of always being a witch, but like, how are you a witch? I thought that was kind of them hinting at her being a mutant. Like she is in the comics. No, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. I think they might just do it with like worlds colliding and that stuff and secret wars, but. I honestly have no idea, but I think that they would be foolish not to use the young cast. Yeah. But then they have to recast Wolverine. Who do you think they'd recast as well? Who's your fan cast as Wolverine right now? That is not Hugh Jackman. I think everyone says Tom Hardy. Yeah. I think that's like everyone's fan cast. My fan cast was John Bernthal. Even though he's already Punisher. I know he's already Punisher. Yeah. 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 I kind of wanted to see John Bernthal as Wolverine. Because nah, he's he's a better Punisher. No, he is. Exactly. Yeah, I know. But like, I'm a John Bernthal. Like you and I, we have like the weirdest fandoms over like the kind of like the, like actors people don't really know about. Like, we have an absurd fandom for John Bernthal. Um, have you even seen the Punisher? Yes. Have you? Will you watch both seasons? I think I watched. Them. I watched some freshman year with Joe. Punisher would is a better okay. Don Bernthal's a better Punisher than I could imagine him as a Wolverine. Okay, fine. Whatever. You haven't seen him as Wolverine, so you can't make that statement. We don't know. <laughs> well, I just off of what I know, I love him more as Punisher because he look he literally looks like the Punisher. I can't like I could see him as Wolverine, but Okay, that's fire. Um yeah, I guess like Tom Hardy. I don't really know who else. Um he's like Harry Short. Do you want I kinda wanna see like I was talking to one of my friends at the gym Mike, I don't know if he's listening to this. Hey, Mike, shout out to you. You're awesome. Um, he was saying he's like I, he's because like he and I. Do you know how tall Wolverine is actually in the comic books? He's like five ten. No, he's five two. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second. Let's look it up. I think Mike googled it. We were talking about it. I thought he said it was. I thought Wolverine was supposed to be like five six. Wolverine height, but like, because like Hugh Jackman's a tall guy. And like Wolverine's supposed to be a really short guy. Yeah. Okay. So here it says dimensions.com. The comic book height of Wolverine is five foot three. Yeah, I don't, that's not accurate. Okay. From, okay. Well, where do you have your information then? Do you, 
can you dispute this with any facts or, or anything from the internet right now? No, but whoever wrote that is dumb because I'm seeing multiple like five two, five three, marveldictionary.com, five two or five three. Um, yeah, that's dumb. I like five three. Five, yeah, the average height for Marvel.com. Is... Here we are. Here we are. Marvel.com. You better watch your. Tone. I'm not disputing this, but that's dumb as hell for him being five two, and whoever did that should be fired. Yeah, so here it is Marvel.com. Um, James Holland in comic books. His height is five three. Guess how much he weighs? He's probably like two fifty. Okay, actually, um, this is with the adamant, um, without the adamantium. How much do you think he weighs? One ten. He's one hundred and ninety five pounds. So with adamantium, he's like pushing three hundred. <laughs> he's three hundred. Yeah. That's, think about how much freaking muscle you need to be to be five three and one hundred and ninety three pounds. That's dumb. Whoever he's wrote a little that is meatball. stupid. So I, yeah, I guess I don't want to see Logan being five three. I kind of hope he's like five six or like Joe Rogan height, like five eight, little short guy. Well, I don't think anyone's going to cast a five three Wolverine when the no. rest of the MCU is over the height of like five six, five seven. But I do want to see a short Wolverine. I think that'd be kind of cool. I think that sounds dumb. Well, he's he's supposed he's like he's got the little he's like the little short wrestler guy. He's like, hey, I could beat anybody up. I uh, I look at Wolverine as like an intimidating character. Like when I watch him in the Wolverine and he's like, what kind of animal are you? Or what kind of monster are you? He's like the Wolverine. It's like, yeah, that's what the Wolverine's supposed to be. He's not supposed to be some short guy who's like looking up and like, I'm the Wolverine. That's what he literally is in the comic books though. So yeah, the comics aren't always right. Okay. That's fair. like, like I people. Oh my God. All right. I'm going to say this real quick, but uh, if you, I don't care if you fucking think that things need to be comic accurate. You can shut up. Like comic accuracy is some of the stupidest things at time at times, because like there are much better things that like storytelling storytelling wise that you can do in a movie. If you don't follow comic accuracy, that's just my opinion. But I think that's dumb where it's like, this isn't what happened in the comics. I'm like, well, I don't care. Cause if it's good, then that's great. That's fine. I don't, I don't want to see a little five two short five five Wolverine. I want to see a six foot two towering muscular beast looking down at people. Everything I wish I was, but I'm not. <laughs> That's my opinion, though. But I don't have any predictions for the MCU. Yeah, I don't know. I hope they choose a good. I, I feel like they will. Um, it's they're not even thinking about it right now. Honestly. I bet they are. I bet they're. It's rolling around, but I think they're more concerned right now on getting Fantastic through phase. Work. Well, I think they're more concerned with Spider-Man three right now. But yeah, that movie's a. <laughs> nobody knows what's going on. Do you think is Willem Dafoe in that movie? I think nobody knows what's going on, but I think everyone knows also at the same time. It's either the worst kept secret in Hollywood or it's the best kept secret. Yeah, which I have a feeling it's the worst kept secret in Hollywood. Yeah, because what the Molina guy, <laughs> Alfred Molina, yeah, yeah, he's just like, hey, everybody's coming back in this movie. Yeah. Um. Do you think uh, McAvoy and Fastbender will be back in the MCU? Depends on if they bring him on over and from like the '80s timeline. I think they should. At that point, they should just bring in all the other X Men, though. The young X-Men who have been cast, so. Yeah. But 
Yeah, that's all I really have, though. Yeah, I don't know. There's something I wanted to ask you about Willem Dafoe. Oh, did you see the um, fan casting thing I sent you on Instagram? Yeah, I didn't. I thought that was kind of dumb. You don't want to see Willem Dafoe as Cad Bane? I guess it wouldn't really. I guess it like doesn't really make a difference because he's an alien. Yeah, I don't know. Nah, yeah, I see Willem Dafoe being more of like. He's more of a crazy, like mentally unstable person to me. And all the movies I've watched him in. Yeah. Besides the Florida Project, but. Yeah. I can't really see him playing like a slick Western bounty hunter. Have you seen uh, him in uh, Grand Budapest Hotel? No. You should watch that movie. It's really good. Um, yeah, after. I think he'd play a great Joker, but I don't think he'd be a good Cad Bane, in my opinion. I think he's got a pretty wide range. He can play a lot. I just don't yeah. like. I, I just don't like seeing character actors being typecast, which is why I love Adam Sandler so much because he played like the stupid guy forever, and all of a sudden he comes out in uncut gems, and just, everybody's like, "Holy crap, this guy can act!" Yeah. But yeah, I don't have anything else to say. Either. I'm just kind of just hanging out now yeah same here i love the x-men this is the best x-men movie yeah final thought do you so there's always like that avengers versus x-men there's that comic book storyline would you rather be an avenger or would you rather be an x-men probably an avenger really well i could get stuck with a stupid x-men power like toad (laughs) that's fair or like the guy who makes people vomit, so Yeah. I uh, I might have better chances with the Avengers. Fair the enough. X-Men is like pulling straws out of a hat, so True. True. Yeah, I don't know. I go back and forth. My first love was X-Men, so Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean I'm I'm fine just being Will McClellan right now, so Yeah. All right. Well, if you liked listening to today's episode, um, please share it with someone you know. Um, follow us on the our Spotify feed. Um, download the episodes. Uh, we got a YouTube channel as well. Shout out Caleb. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Legionnaire Pod and Legionnaire spelled L-E-G-I-O-N-A-I. Two N's. Yeah, N-N-A-I-R-E um pod pod and you can email us if ask question well if you want to request a topic in the future you can email us or shoot us a dm on instagram and our email is legionairepodcast at gmail.com um will you have anything else to say i do not know all right with that we are legion (laughs) 